The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S.com. Corey, how do you like your nipples? Toasty. You like your nipples draped in luxury? All the time. All the time? Well, if you love luxurious feeling nipples, I suggest you go and support some of the people who sponsor our show. Huh? 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 I don't see how I could not. <laughs> go ahead and take you and your nipples, and you're going to go over to our first one, which is uh, he does all our art. He's a really good friend of ours, uh, Brad Gunnarsson, Statusphere Merch, statusphere.merch.com. Use the coupon code TERROR. Get, you, get yourself 15% off of your order there. And furthermore, you can take take the same set of nipples, head over to thehate.com, T-H-E-H-V-I-I-I.com, three eyes. Use HBG15, get you 15% off there, treat yourself and your nipples. I only wish I had more than three nipples to use. Welcome to... I don't know. This is the podcast of terror. It's not really an episode, but it is an episode. It's like a little little ditty that we like to call pot shots. Get it? A sousant, if uh, you will. Uh, all the... <laughs> I don't know what a sousant is, but I know what a couchement is. It, you push your mom? I'm a pushama. You're a poor schmuck? I'm out of Welcome to the podcast of terror, people. Uh, here's where we talk about stuff that's scary. Uh, we're going to bring you a few news stories to to try to whet your appetite, and then we're going to struggle our way through talking about a video game that Matt's been playing. Yeah. Because we wanted to give you something. Yeah, something's better than nothing. And uh, as mentioned last week, I at the time you're listening to this, I'm gone for work. I will have been gone for a couple of days, and I still will be gone for a few more days. So we didn't want to not give you something. You got to give the people what they want. Uh, so we're just doing a short little guy here with some news, and uh, we're gonna talk about Resident Evil Seven, which I played the motherfucking shit out of. Um, <clears throat> and it was good as fuck, but we'll get into that. So first, like Corey said, we're gonna do some news. Um, the first one we have is a man named Johannes Roberts. I'm assuming it's Johannes, not Johan Joe Haynes. Uh, Joe Haynes. Joe, Joe Haynes Roberts uh, is set to direct Strangers Two, which. I liked the first Strangers, and I know that they've been talking about doing a Strangers 2 for quite a while, um, so it's nice to see that this is finally something that's coming to fruition. Um, but on the same token as we've had an, an overabundance of um, uh, home invasion horror movies come out since the Strangers came out back in 2008, so my initial reaction is fucking sweet, and then when I sit back and think about it, it's more like a, yeah, I kind of had enough. Yeah, it's always it's always a crapshoot as to whether or not people are into it because of the type of movie it is or if they'll come back for a sequel because of the mythology stated in the first one. It's like, right. okay, I don't need a thousand other Blair Witches, which seemed to happen after the Blair Witch, mm-hmm. but I was interested to come back for Blair Witch 2, which kind of was maybe a mistake. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Blair Witch uh, remake, not remake so much, but the prequel, sequel, whatever it was that came out this last year that was actually pretty good mm-hmm. um, but i was interested because it was the blair witch whereas i've already gotten my fill of those found footage style movies and unfortunately because that movie did well 
it seems like it's coming around again as a genre. Um, not that I think it necessarily fully went away. The Strangers 2, if it does well, may mean that we get more Strangers 2 style films. Right. Um, so it appears that there's no official release date, but it'll be hitting theaters sometime in 2018. And they do have an official start date of the summer of this year, which is for this movie better than it's had the amount of times that they've announced it coming out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, it's a step in the right direction. I guess we'll see what, what actually happens. Hopefully they don't cancel it halfway through like they have done with some movies. Um, next one we got the upcoming book Creatures for Kids explores family-friendly horror films, which it's been a thing for a long time. I mean, you think about Goosebumps. Those are kind of family-friendly horror. Yeah, we had a request on this show at one point to talk about uh, kid-friendly horror, mm-hmm. and that's that's why I thought this was an interesting story, is because this is something that we, I personally believe in very much, is that horror films shouldn't just be for adults. It shouldn't just be continuing slasher films. It it There should be many levels of horror. Uh, things that I read as a kid that scared me weren't necessarily always meant for kids, but I so- certainly found an enjoyment in them as a child Mm -hmm. that is different from my enjoyment in them today. And I think it's important to feed that uh, creativity uh, going forward for kids for the next generation. I I also like to see kids just scream, cry and poop, scream, cry and poop in that order. Maybe not in that order. I don't know. I I, I like it to happen all at once. I just want to see just a flood. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, I did. I did enjoy that. The picture that comes along with this story is from little monsters, which was a movie I loved as a kid. Um, mostly for the use of the term over-the-shoulder boulder holder. Little Monsters. Uh, Howie Mandel scares me in a way that I think horror movies for kids is not exactly on par with. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a special kind of frightening. Maybe that's why we didn't mention it when it, uh, we were coming up with films for our, our request. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a valid point. I'm going to have to watch the movie. It's been a long time since I've watched that movie. Um yeah so i mean that's really that's really it yeah i mean it's it's a book about horror films for kids if you're interested in reading up on that sort of thing at at the very least it should give us some good ideas and should be a jumping off point for a lot of creators of saying what is missing out there today i know that they're working on a goosebumps sequel currently Mm -hmm. uh which is nice that the movie did well enough to to harbor a sequel we just rewatched or i just rewatched uh school of rock yesterday and my wife asked me is jack black in anything anymore i'm like oh yeah he's he's got the new goosebumps film and and sequel the one that's coming up and of course he's kung fu panda that's true but yeah it it is kind of like those types of movies are few and far between so hopefully mm. this if the book is out there it will inspire more people to make these kinds of things did you watch the new goosebumps movie not yet. I I hmm. thought it was something that we would get to. I know that you were a Goosebumps fan. Yeah, see, I watched it and um, I didn't like it. Like the the whole story is that R.L. Stein is like a real person in the movie, and that Jack Black plays R.L. Stein, and his books start coming to life. Yeah, it's kind of they're sort of doing something similar in the uh, a series of unfortunate events series that's on Netflix, oh, on Netflix like, yeah, right yeah. now, as they have someone playing lemony snicket yeah whatever but it i 
I looked at that movie and it looked more like Jumanji to me than it did. Yeah, it's essentially Jumanji with R.L. Stein's characters. Right. It's Which, whatever. I guess to do a movie about Goosebumps, you have to try to involve a bunch of the different kinds of Goosebumps stories yes. into one thing. Yes, because it's it's clearly it's just Goosebumps. It's not one specific book. So I, I agree with that. I, it just yeah. I wanted. I wanted uh, to rekindle my love of those from being a kid and I didn't get it. And I think that's probably what their demographic was aiming towards. Yeah. For that, I think they need to do a goosebumps TV series or a cartoon series mm-hmm. or something. Do something, something to HBO that's in the style of some of the, or Netflix. the darker animation they did. Yeah. Or Netflix at this point, Netflix yeah. or Amazon. Yep. 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 Uh, well, let's move on. Um, keep it in the vein of video games, I guess. Uh, Friday the 13th, I didn't fucking read this. I'm dumb. Oh, it's a it's a fan a Nintendo fan film. It's uh, a fan film of Friday the Thirteenth, the video game for the Nintendo system. Yeah, where Jason so, had like a purple purple mask. Oh no, blue mask and a purple shirt. Yeah, uh, which I think is just it's borderline ridiculous. To the point of being awesome is it's a it's a non for profit fan film. It's it's not a, affiliated with anything or or endorsed. Uh, but we're we're seeing that even official Friday the Thirteenth stuff is having a difficult time coming out. The movie uh, we reported last week mm-hmm. has been taken off schedule completely, and looks like that project is in fact dead. So it's up to the fans. And we also mentioned about Halloween coming out with uh, Danny McBride is one of the scriptwriters on it, because the fans are the ones who are making the stuff now. It's just are the fans doing it on their own, or are they getting? up there in Hollywood enough to be able to do this. Well, it's, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to produce and release content now. Consider what you and I are currently doing. Right. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it. And <clears throat> you can't tell me that when Star Wars came out, people weren't making their own Star Wars type movies. It's just there wasn't a way to find them as easy without the internet. Yeah. It, the kids who remade uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark in the 80s and filmed it all and now the footage is out there today mm-hmm. but for a long time it was like where were they going to put that you know how do you distribute something like that how do you get the rights to even do it and now it's like just put it out there for free and let people find you and maybe that jump starts your career to something else or maybe it's just because you share it because you love it yep. uh this sort of reminds me of the the wolfie is fine video mm-hmm. that yep. we watched yep. last year um People love this stuff. And sometimes it's easier to make something because you love it than it is to make something because you're trying to launch a new uh, series of films or or you're trying to reinvigorate a, a film property again and you've got a lot riding on it. So it's how much budget do we put into it? What stars can we get for it? And is this going to play well or not? And you go through test and focus groups. and so, No, that's these films don't need focus groups. These films just need to get to the to the hands of the fans and yep. let us enjoy them for what they are. Mm-hmm. I agree with I that. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll have to watch that later because it looks this funny. Good purple. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving along, another video game, Party Hard 2 is coming out this summer. Um, it appear, I mean, it says that it's still 8-bit. I, I know the first one was, but it appears that the graphics got a little better. I haven't watched the trailer yet, but um, the first game just 
drove me fucking nuts. And we talked about it right before we started recording. You played the shit out of it. I got stuck on like what the f- sixth or seventh level or something and just stopped it because it got. Well, I don't difficult. remember separate levels. I played it through a browser, so that may be oh, what it is. See, I, I found it one night online and just was like, "This is fantastic" because it's just it's simple premise. Kill but everybody. It, it works really well. Yeah, yep. you go into a party and try to kill people without getting caught by the cops or without other people realizing who you are there. Yep. You're dragging them into the rooms or you're, you're finding them in places and alone and you're just like, hey, stab. Uh, because you hate people. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is a funny premise. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I think the browser game was different from like the Steam version. And the Steam version, the level I got stuck on is you're on a bus and you have to kill everyone on the bus and you have like a bomb and that's really about it to use and it's very difficult maybe i'll have to go back and play that again tonight now that we're talking about it but yeah so that's coming out um just says summer doesn't really say what specific timeline maybe for the steam summer sale but i don't know yeah steam i gotta say i don't play a lot of video games but i find so much stuff on steam that is both inexpensive because it's independent Mm -hmm. and really interesting and fun and they're the kind of things you can just jump into really quick yeah oh yeah i think that that's that's fantastic that's that's like the nintendo of today to me yeah i agree with that yes i love steam i just need to fix their sales again go back to the way they were that's a different conversation nice when they're cheap (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so let's go ahead and get into the very one-sided discussion of resident evil 7 since you've not played it. Yeah, and I haven't played any of the Resident Evil games. I've I've seen them played way, way back in the early incarnations on probably one of the Nintendo systems at a friend's house. But they're one of those games that I'm sure my wife would love it if I if I got into them so she could watch me. Yeah. But she won't play them herself because she freaks out. I got the uh the daydream for my Google Pixel XL Ooh. this week. And there's a few horror games that are out for it. One of them is some weird sisters thing. There's an Insidious yep. game that I haven't tried yet. But I've, I've seen my wife standing in the living room, circling around and screaming because shit is jumping out at her <laughs> in, in the virtual reality visor, uh, which is fun uh, as a viewer. I, I don't know how much fun it is to play. Yeah, I had a buddy who played Resident Evil in vr for the majority of it. and he sent me a few videos of him getting the shit scared out of him which is fine i it just i when i first started resident evil um if you're not familiar with the premise of the game it's it's pretty different from the the last few that have come out um you play ethan whose wife goes missing um and she sends you a video and it just says like forget i exist and do not come find me and then it skips ahead and you see this car driving down the road and he's on Ethan's on the phone with someone and he goes, oh, she's back. Mia's back. She said, you know, come get her. So you, that this is how you end up at the house, the plantation house in uh, Louisiana. And um, you park your car and you kind of like walk around to the back of the house to get in. And um, I just remember like when I first started playing it, I, I, I got home. The day it came out, I had a bowl. So I, I got home at like 930 or something and I'm like, I'm going to fucking play this. And uh, I got to the back of the house, and you just like staring in like a pitch black door frame. I'm like, this. I said, I'm gonna run in there, and something's gonna jump out at me. And I spent like five minutes just like almost going in, backing up, and trying to psych myself up. And eventually, I said, fuck it. I actually screamed, "Yolo, spike for Jesus!" and ran in the door. 
and um, nothing happens. <laughs> just like the light adjusts and you're just in a room. And um, the the first hour of the game is so batshit fucking crazy um, that I loved it. And, and then as soon as you get a couple jump scares out of the way and you can really get into the game, it has a really fucking awesome story. Um, the fighting wasn't bad in it either. <clears throat> then they are they already put out DLC for it. Go figure. But uh throughout the game you find tapes, like little VHS tapes, and you can play through the tapes and you can see like what other people got stuck doing in the house and, and plays into the story and um one of the DLCs is about um the first tape, this guy named Clancy. Um and he's in a it's called bedroom and you're 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 like shackled in a bed and you have to get out without um marguerite the the mom of the baker family finding you like realizing you were out of bed so it's like you something'll make noise and it's like oh she's coming back you have a minute you have to like put the room back the way it was and one time i left like a fucking drawer open and she killed me just insane so insane Um, so it's not related to stuff that happens in the movies at all which i always knew the movies the movies introduced alice and and a lot of that stuff wasn't reflected in the game but Mm -mm. it seemed like they were trying to get more towards some of the game characters showing up in the films later on. Yeah, I haven't watched any of the movies in a very, very long time. Um, I probably saw one and two, and that was about it. And the the only time you see the Umbrella Corporation in, in the game in Resident Evil 7 is at the end. Like, the, the final cutscene of the game, the Umbrella Corporation picks you up. But that's it. Like, there's no... Um, there's no real mention of, like, a T-virus or anything like that. Um, which is the main virus for creating zombies in, in the movies and the, in the first games. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I know, I know we spoil things, but I'm trying not to ruin this. If someone hasn't played it and wants to play, because there's a super huge twist towards the end of the game. And when you find out like how Mia, your wife really went missing and what was really happening and all this shit. And, um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of weird because they just had the release of the new, what is said to be the final Resident Evil film. Yeah, and I would have thought for symmetry they would have tried to because the game came out very close to that, that they would have had some sort of tie-in between them. See, I would love to see this as a movie, just because, um, it's like a fucking insane backwoods Bayou family that's fucking with you and. Um, at the beginning of the game when you like initially try and get out of the house and probably the coolest scene in the game and and from the demo too is like you're about to climb out and, and the dad I think his name is Jack grabs you by your shoulder and spins you around and he just goes welcome to the family son and he knocks you out and then when you come to you're sitting at a table with the family sitting like it's all staring at you and it was very reminiscent of uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre where, you know, they're eating dinner and stuff, and and there's like this little old lady in a wheelchair that doesn't say anything, she doesn't do anything, and then there's like a brother, um, the mom and the dad, and um, yeah, they're trying to like jam food down it. It's fucking yeah, pure insanity. You get your hand chainsawed off and stapled back on in like the first twenty minutes of the game. Uh, does it work as well as it happens for the 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 stoner chick in? Oh. <laughs> hooker dead hooker no drunk. um well i mean it works perfectly for the remainder of the game <laughs> just by having yeah. your hands stapled back on i didn't really see any reconstructive uh surgery for tendons or, or muscles or anything but 
It's also the same wrist that tells you how much life you have left. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, I expected to lose the other one by the end of the game, but you don't. And the first one stays on the entire time, which is impressive. So yeah, that's kind of my... Now you're playing this on your PlayStation 4? Yeah, yeah. Probably should have mentioned that. Yeah, PS4. I oh. heard... Uh, I think it was Nate was talking about it. It might have been on Mind of a Geek with the JF DeBow episode, mm -hmm. or it may have been on the last uh, Syncast. But he was talking about the fact that they have it for virtual reality, but only on the, the gaming systems on the PS4. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's concerned that they didn't put it out because of an exclusivity thing for PC. Now, do you have uh, a VR helmet for your PS4, or is it something you're interested in getting, and would you enjoy this? <sighs> so I, uh, one of my coworkers went to Costa Rica for two and a half weeks. He let me borrow it, um, which I'm glad he did because it's not worth the price tag to me. Um, I had a lot of issues readjusting when I get done playing for like two hours. Um, it fucks with your head a lot because when you're playing, I'd put my hands up in front of my face, and I don't see them. And I'm like, I know they're there, but they're not there. Um, right. That screwed with me a lot. Um, I didn't get like sick or anything. It's just uh, after I played for like the first two hours when I took it off, it's just like everything felt weird. Yeah, we've only done like 10, 20 minutes stint so far with the the daydream. Mm -hmm. And and that was a $50 investment. It was on sale on Google's website, which is where I finally <laughs> got it. And yeah. it's it's interesting but in all VR stuff that that I've seen through that so far, it's like it's interesting for a bit, and I don't know that it's interesting that for the long term. Most of the stuff also we've messed around with has been free. There's games mm. that range from the the Sixers horror game was six bucks, and then I've seen them go up to like twelve dollars or so for other ones. So it may be the kind of content that we're trying out at this point. Yeah, there was um, it, I, I it's still. Oh, new. Yeah, he lent it to me on a Tuesday, and the following Friday was the last day that I played it, and I gave it back to him last Monday when he got back into the country. So there was like two weeks the thing was just sitting there, and I didn't touch it. And it's it's not like I just I had no desire. It's um, hooking it up is a pain in the ass because like you go normally you just go from your TV HDMI to the back of the PlayStation. Well, when you have the the VR. The camera goes into the PlayStation. So it goes HDMI out into this converter box and then HDMI from the converter box into the PlayStation. Then you have two HDMI cables that plug into the converter box and then you have two HDMIs coming off the headset and you're just straight up tethered. And you have to be within the camera view because of you know how the lights on the VR, the camera, that's how it tells, tells you what you're looking at essentially. So for me to play it, I have to like set up a chair in the middle of my living room, which was annoying. And be tethered. And be, yeah, and be tethered to it. So it's like, Alyssa had to not be anywhere around, you know, because just walk in and, you know, I'm, I was convinced that if she walked in and I didn't know she was there, she would fuck with me. And right. Right. I, I, I definitely poked my wife a little bit when she yeah. was getting scared shitless. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, though, I feel like I have to watch her when she's standing there in the living room because she might just fucking move wrong and yep. bump into the TV and knock it over. Yep. Yeah. And there's uh, that too. I, I suggested she bring her art chair out to living room. Cause at least it spins around mm -hmm. and, and that way, cause you do need a 360 degree ability to turn your head all the way around from, from the stuff that I've been playing. And it's kind of pain in the ass. Cause I'd like to sit in my lounge chair and be able to turn 
with the controller, mm -hmm. but it only does it so much. And I, I find that very frustrating because it, it becomes a less comfortable experience. Right. And um, going back to kind of what the original question was, I did the, the Resident Evil 7 demo. It was called Kitchen that came with the VR. And um, it didn't, I, it did not scare me. Everyone's like talking about how fucking terrifying it is, but I caught the, the chick that crawls around. I caught a glimpse of her like right from the get go. So I knew what was happening. Um, it was still kind of a cool experience to be, you know, strapped into a chair and looking around and seeing all the shit. Um, now I did play <clears throat> it's um, until dawn rush of blood. It's like a, a, a shooting roller coaster game in which you apparently accidentally take a huge dose of acid so like all this fucked up stuff is running. So you're shooting bad guys while riding this insane roller coaster. Now I don't like roller coasters to begin with. And um, in the demo, I had to try to pull the helmet off because like you drop down and it started to make me feel a little sick. So I had to pull it off because I was like, "Fuck that." Um, but it's just um, it's insane how dumb our bodies are. Right. And and that's the thing that I think about, too. It's like kids today that can play video games in a way that my generation, I'm pretty mm -hmm. good because I grew up with uh, an Odyssey and my Commodore 64 and things <laughs> like that. And then moved into the Nintendo pretty quick. But, you know, the generation before me isn't very beholden to video games at all. I feel like kids now that are getting VR for the first time are going to take to it a lot better than we ever will mm -hmm. because they're young enough that they can adjust to it very quickly and and develop and then going forward it'll it will improve but the 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 disassociation that you have with it currently will not be an issue for them because they'll just they'll have used it so long yeah yeah which is both good and bad but i'm curious to see if it you picks know. up Kids are going to be fine being on boats when California falls into the ocean uh, because they won't get seasick because they they can handle yeah. being in a, in a constantly moving environment. We're just living in water world at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... With a worse plot. What's that? With a worse plot. Yeah, exactly. Fucking terrible. Um, so would you want to rate the game? Rape it? Yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Uh, I'm I would sure that's fine. Totally. <laughs> um, I mean, I would definitely give it like a five out of five. Like, it was a very, very good game. Um, there's two different endings. I went back to play the second ending, and the, I was a little let down by the fact that, whatever, we spoil things. I'm just going to fucking ruin this. So, your wife, Mia, is who you go to, who you go to free. Now, throughout the course of the game, you get all these random phone calls in the house from Zoe, which is the daughter of the Baker family. Zoe's telling you how to create the cure for what they're infected with she makes two syringes worth go figure you have to do a boss fight you end up using one you have to choose between zoe or mia as to who you save your wife or this chick that helped you um the first time through i chose mia because i'm like well it's the logical choice and then the next portion of the game you play as mia on a boat and you get the backstory of how how the baker family got infected um, then you finish the game, blah, 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 blah. I went back and chose Zoe and you get to the boat and you find out that you're still playing as Mia. Like you're not now playing as Zoe. You're, you're still, the game plays out the same. It's just a different ending. And by a different hmm. ending, I mean like 
pretty much the same fucking ending with like six different lines spoken. Which I thought that was the only downfall to the game. But you can't be beaten out by Clue with multiple endings. Uh, you you need to fucking if you're gonna give a choice and it's a very distinct choice between the survival of two different people, yep. then it should have more impact. Yep, and, and I agree. And and to get a trophy, a video game trophy, to replay the end, it just was it wasn't worth it to me. So I watched uh, I watched it online, and that was that. But um, so far, like the DLC comes out on PlayStation a month. I think it's a f- almost a full month before anywhere else. So the two, the band footage, volume one, volume two, volume one's out, which is two tapes per the the DLC that already came out. I thought it was worth it. Like I bought the season pass because it sounds really cool and they're giving you like different game modes and shit. So it's, there's, there's a ton of content there and there's more content coming. So it's... It was pretty worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it it it's it's amazing to me how much DLC has changed yeah. the atmosphere of games. It used to be like, oh, I played Mega Man, and now I have to wait forever fucking long for Mega Man <laughs> Two, for Mega and then Man Mega 2. Man Three, and it's like, well, if they could have just given me extra levels of Mega Man, how fucking jazz would I have been? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. DLCs. I mean, it wouldn't matter because I could never fucking beat Mega Man in the first place. But I'm <sighs> just saying. Fuck, man. Uh, now on the flip side of that, like this game for honor comes out on Tuesday, Valentine's day. There's open beta for it right now. So I got to play it already. And they're saying that the DLC is you can buy the season pass and get the DLC, or you can just play the shit out of the game and get in game currency and unlock the same things that way. So it's like, you're not forced into buying more. If you don't have to, they just give you the ability to play the game for hours on end to to raise the money and i think i think that's the way it should be give me more content and then you can you know pay to win or you can play to win don't force me into buying it to be able to experience the game yeah i never have a problem with paying for dlc i never have a problem with the option to be there to pay for leveling up and things in games that are in app purchase based like on my phone and shit my problem is when there are things that you can only do that are only available if you pay and it gives you advantages over other players. That's the shit that pisses me off. It's like, oh, here's this character that's coming out. Now we're going to give you an opportunity to get that character. Mm -hmm. But realistically, the only way you're going to meet the needs for that opportunity is if you pay us some fucking money. And that's really fucking bothersome is, is that, you know, if I'm putting in the hours on a game, I want to have access Eventually, if it if it takes the effort as opposed to the cash, I, I still want to have the same access as everybody else. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I do expect game companies to get paid for the stuff that they make. And if it's only free, then, you know, I don't mind watching ads or something. I don't I don't have a problem with it being that regard. Yeah, it's it's the fine line of where is far enough. Right, you know, and and are you are you giving us stuff that is an equivalent to the cost of the content, mm-hmm. uh, or are you just like nickel and diming us to shit, uh, because that's that's how you do it these days. Yep, that's like that's I, I feel like Call of Duty is a good example of nickel and diming, and it's like here's a game, and then in two months we're gonna put out four new maps, and s- and six new penis emojis, and it's like just 
fucking give me give me the game like i will buy dlc for a game that i enjoyed and you're gonna add on to the story yeah that makes sense now a multiplayer game and i was like, here's here's more maps like pay pay double the price of the game just to get more multiplayer maps so that some 14 year old can talk about fucking your mom like i just i don't know i mean you can talk about fucking my mom for free <laughs> <laughs> she's an angel my mom is an angel yeah uh, but and that's the thing like you just it obviously works because they still do it and they're not stopping there's no end in sight so who why do they give a shit what what do i think but i don't know i'm all for paying yeah, for I, something that i feel is worth paying for and it's just that's a completely different discussion but no, yeah, i completely agree yeah resident evil 7 was really good Okay. And that's that's the important thing is yeah. you you made an investment in a game you got what you wanted out of it I think that's great yeah yeah I um I beat it in about a week it took me about eight hours I played it on easy though because I wanted to finish it <laughs> um yeah another buddy of mine was like oh that's fucking dumb like no I bought the game I wanted to experience the game and I wanted to complete the game and I did that. Yeah, I didn't want to sit there and feel pissed off at yep. the game. Yep. Yeah, he was complaining about this one boss fight, how it took him so long to do. And I'm like, I did it in one shot because I had an easy because I don't want to get upset. Yeah, and that that's that's the choice of a gamer style, too. I, I agree with that as well, is that sometimes you play the game for the experience and sometimes you play the game because you like to game. Yep. And, and both are valid ways of playing. Um, it, it's nice that you get a choice mm-hmm. uh, and you get to make that choice up front. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Well, I feel like that's going to do it unless you got more questions. Uh, I do not. I, I think that that that's a pretty solid review for it. Uh, is this available on other systems or is it only on the, the PS4? No, it's on uh, PC and Xbox One also. All right, but only available in VR on the PS4. Yeah. From my understanding, I don't know a whole lot about PC VR, but I I'm certain it's only on PSVR. Yeah, I think it I think it was an exclusive for a certain amount of time, um, but it doesn't sound like that was something that you were into. But if no. someone's interested in in a VR experience of it, then that's where they'd have to look. Yep. Yeah, and like I said, the DLC is available on PS4 like a month before everywhere else. So I'm the the, the VR could be the same situation where after x amount of time like you said it, it'll be available on oculus on pc and all that too but i'm not sure because i didn't care so i didn't look into it yeah. terrific all cool. right yeah thanks again. Well, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966 and you can email us at pot at gncast.com you can subscribe to the show uh through itunes stitcher google play please leave us a review we'd love to hear from you Sometimes we have shorter shows like this. Most of the shows are a little bit longer. Uh, so if this is your first time, go ahead and check some of the back catalog where we do most of our movie reviews. Uh, that'll give you a little bit more idea of the program. And uh, Matt, people can find you at Matt the Lifeguard on Twitter. And Instagram. And Instagram. And you can find me at DonutsComics.com. Terrific. Yeah, we, uh, we'll, be, we'll be back next week with something that I have yet to plan out. So it'll be a surprise but we'll be back with another with a real full-length episode next week. Um, yeah, thanks again for listening to the podcast, Darryl. We'll talk to you guys next week. Stay scary, everybody. Hi.
This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.